I used to think that my budget was a consequence. And I quickly realized that my budget actually gave me freedom to spend on what I want. And it allowed me to justify spending on what I want while reaching my money goals. Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So I think you're going to really enjoy today's conversation we had with Allison Baggerly. She's a personal financial expert, and we get into so many specifics around her personal journey And what strategies she's actually used to move the needle of becoming more financially stable and having more control. Yeah, especially in today's economy, right? We have a lot of things that we are not in control of. So we focus on the habits, the mindset that we can control and how can we set ourselves up for success, not by accomplishing all, all the goals in one shot, but creating the momentum in order to get the confidence and achieve our goals. Before we get into Allison's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Welcome back, everyone. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest Her show. Our, our mission, our passion is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life, whatever that looks like to them. So excited to have Allison Baggerly on our show here today. She's a financial expert in a lot of different aspects and excited to jump into your story and get into talking about taking control of our finances in this crazy, crazy market. So thanks for being here, Allison. Excited to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So as we as we kick things off, you know, what, what I love about your background, Allison, and, and just doing the research and fact-finding about you, um, you made it your mission, right? You made it literally your mission to teach women that they can confidently manage money and invest their money. So what do you think is the single biggest obstacle 
in women's way to taking financial control right now? Oh my gosh. The single biggest obstacle. I feel like that's a big ask. <laughs> what is it all the t- the it all comes know. down to one thing. Right. <laughs> one thing. You know, I think that it honestly depends on every person. I don't think that there's like this cookie cutter response for every single person. I can tell you for me, the single biggest obstacle was the like lack of belief in myself. And that lack of belief was really created through years of seeing my parents fight about money, having a spending problem, uh, having this negative mindset about money and finding myself in debt. And so by the time I was like, okay, I need to gain back control, I was like, oh, Allison, you have years of proving and showing that you don't, you didn't have control of your money. So the idea of taking back control, there was that doubt. There was that, is this really possible? I tend to be an overthinker. So whether it is the doubt that might come into play, um, even the family you are born into, I mean, there's so many things. There's a, a gender wage gap. There is a you know, a lot of women are who are moms, they have to pause their career. So we all have something that really speaks to us almost in the back of our mind. So whatever that thing is, whatever that little thought is, we have to ask ourselves, is that thought actually true? And a lot of times it's not. It's just a feeling. It's just a thought we have, and it might be a thought that has been placed from our past, but overcoming that thought and actually creating a plan like, okay, this is what I'm thinking, but here's what I can do to not follow through on that and not continue to believe that. I really like that because we talk a lot to ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And and God forbid if we talk out loud and people hear what we're saying to ourselves and our beliefs. Mm-hmm. But I think I would challenge women to speak out loud what they're saying. Yes. And people are like, wait a minute, but that's not the, the reality or the truth, yeah. right? It sounds crazy when it leaves your mouth. You're like, hold on, what? Yes. <laughs> and that's actually what I do sometimes is I will go to someone. It's usually my husband because he will hear all my craziness. And I'll say, I'm, I'm having this like repeating thought and I just need to say it out loud because I need like a reality check. And it doesn't, it's not always about money. It's about something else. And he's able to be like, oh yeah, you're really overthinking this, or that's totally not true. That's not going to happen. And speaking it out loud, allows me to be like, okay, I've said it. It's it, like, if I don't speak it, it kind of just stays in my brain and just haunts me. I like that. I think I'm going to implement this inside our Facebook group community where women mm-hmm. come along and say, I needed a reality check. This is yes. the thought that's coming out. Uh, for for me here. So, okay, this thought is happening inside my head, right? As you mentioned, there are years of years of healing process that needs to, to, to happen. Even if that the, the thought process looks like torture, right? This, this thing happening over and over again. But that's not enough for women to take action. And many of them are kind of like, okay, maybe next week, maybe next next month, or this is not the right time for for me. So what can we do to stop the procrastination and start taking action? You know why I think so many people procrastinate is because the idea of completing something or even getting started on something seems a lot bigger and harder than it really is. And I'll tell you, my, my past and my former career, I was a teacher. And I would always look to where do I need to get my students to be? I need to have them prepared for this test 
to cover these concepts in one month. And then I'd say, okay, well, that's four weeks. Let me backtrack and see what do I need to teach them each week and what do I need to teach them each day to get them there without waiting until the last week and cramming everything in. And I think that sometimes we need to apply that to ourselves. And we need to say, just because we have this goal to, let's say, pay off high interest credit card debt, or we have this goal to save up a down payment for a home we want to purchase or for a second home that in real estate. Whatever it is, sometimes that idea of getting all the way there is too big for us. And so if we were to literally just take it and break it down and say, I don't need to do all of it today. I just need to do this one thing. I don't need to pay off all $15,000 of my credit card debt. I just need to lay it out and look at how much the interest rates are and look at the minimum payments and ask and figure out, do I have enough money to cover the minimum payments plus some? And then next week, I'll move on to the next thing. It's that idea that when we do it, it's going to take so much more time that we just say like, no, I'm busy. I have all of these things on my plate as a woman. That's the thing that is for me and for my health. And I'm going to put that off so I can take care of everything else first. I love that, Allison. But I have to be honest with you. I think there's a push and a pull, meaning Mm -hmm. like there's times that like women get they have to take some steps towards that mm-hmm. bigger goal, right? We all, we, we get that. We understand that. But for me, I'm like, unless I can complete it and maybe I'm unique, I just don't want to begin it. Really? Right? <laughs> really? I'm like, oh, that is so fascinating to me because I'm like, for me, it's like, because I oh procrastinate my, I just, on the completion of the whole project or the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, you know, there's things in life where you, you're going to have to just, it's going to take longer than you want no, it I know. to take. I hear you. And I'm just and being like, a little, a little funny, but I, I do <laughs> think there's areas that I have yeah. where I think women listening, they'd rather not do it than they, if they can't do it all or they just, and they don't understand that, that there's a cost and a benefit. And what I mean by that is being able to pay down, right? A hundred, like, especially in the a hundred dollars towards a $10,000 debt does move the needle and it creates momentum. So then I get that. And then, then I usually do it, but it really bothers me that I can't pay that 10,000 or I can't- All the way off. All the yeah. way off, mm-hmm. right? There's something about that, that for, at least for me. But yeah, it's the momentum, right? What what have you seen in the work that you've you've done is what does that momentum do for women or, or for everyone? Like what, what does it really create? Because we always talk about how powerful that is those small steps. What have you seen on a, from a financial perspective? How to, does, it, does it then create that momentum? How does it keep the momentum going? Mm-hmm. I think that it creates the belief that you have the consistency, that you have consistency, that you can be consistent. I mean, how many times have just has anyone in this world started something and stopped because it was hard? And even just those small steps creates that momentum that allows you to want to keep going. And then you're saying like, oh, I don't just pay off my credit card balance in full here and there. I pay it off every month because that's what I do. And that's my consistent habit. So for me personally, in terms of just talking about like debt or credit cards, I pay off my credit card every single Friday so that I don't carry a balance. And that consistency allows me to just form that habit and be able to accomplish that task. And it just becomes a part of who I am. It's no longer this thing I'm doing. It's just a part of who I am as a person. So I would say that that momentum on whatever financial goal you're working on, 
when you experience that momentum, we get that adrenaline rush, we get those endorphins, and it makes us want to be consistent and follow through so that when there is a setback, which there will be, let's not like... Let's not sugarcoat everything and pretend that it's going to be easy. Every money goal is going to be easy. But when there is a setback, you have that momentum and that consistency to say, okay, this is a setback, but I have weeks and weeks and weeks and months of proof that I can keep doing this thing that I'm doing with my money. I can keep working on paying off this debt. I can keep setting aside money into an investing account, even whenever the market drops. So there's that that like we're, we've trained ourselves to remember that in the times when we need it the most. I think that there, there's also the things that we can control that are happening, right? So for example, the economy, we can control that we participate in it. And right now, interest rates for real estate are high. We can see how the, the current plan is affecting not just the real estate, but the entire economy with inflation the way that it is your money is not taking you too too far as it was before and many people are using credit cards not to buy different things but to really like the necessities of it right so when we are talking to those those folks right now they're like okay but i i'm not going to stores and just buying different things right so my credit card bill right now with the current economy that it is, I'm having a hard time getting there because I'm still using it. So how did you come to peace that the strategies that we use not so long ago might have to be adjusted? Time frame to pay your debt might not be the same. How you come to peace with with that? Oh my gosh, that's a great question because I think so much of it is a mindset idea and so much of it is being your own cheerleader. You don't have cheerleaders, you know, cheering you on and saying you can do this when it comes to your personal finances. Think about it. We have that for motherhood. We have that for relationships. We have that for uh, even exercise and everything like that. But there's no like these cheerleaders that are like, you can do it. Keep going. You're not like going to a boot camp and they're telling you like just one more rep. It's not like that. So we have to do it ourselves, which means that it can be really hard, especially for certain personality types to realize, hey, my plan is changing a little bit. It's extending. I remember whenever I was paying off debt, my husband and I, we paid off $111,000 of debt on two teacher salaries. We were supposed to be debt-free in March of 2015, I believe. And one month before, my husband's transmission on his car went out completely. And we were faced, do you want to buy a used car and go further into debt? Or do you want to drain your savings to rebuild the transmission? So we did that. Two weeks later, my son went to the doctor and we were told that he needed to have surgery and it was going to cost us $5,000. So what was supposed to happen with us being debt-free in March of 2015 was extended to August of 2016. That was a big hit for me. I was like, no, this is not the plan. I'm a planner. Like this is off track. Someone needs to tell these doctors and these mechanics that this was not the path that we have been working on for the past four years. But 
really what I had to do, which was is sometimes difficult for me and maybe some of your listeners, was be flexible and say like, okay, Allison, you have four years of history behind you showing you that, hey, you are a hard worker. You can get scrappy. You can pivot when it comes to your finances. When you get an unexpected bill in the mail, you've learned to pivot. You've learned that there are things you can do. This is just another situation. So for those women that do have these credit cards and the credit card interest that is high and they're using it to not go out and get their nails done, but they're using it to buy food to make their kids lunch for back to school or they're buying toilet paper, things for their house that they need, I want them to say to themselves, like, it's okay. I can get scrappy. I can pivot. This is a season of time. This is a season of my life where I may need to sacrifice and be scrappy and pivot so that I can live in abundance for the rest of my life. This isn't going to last forever. I love what you're saying in terms of it doesn't really matter where, where you are in your real estate career. Really understanding where, where am I at first? right? How much gas do I have in my car before I get into a trip and and then go and like really face it, face it. But that I think, is that the, the hardest step really like facing and doing like an audit to see, okay, here's where all my finances are in terms of personal, my business, my properties, everything. Is that like the first step? Andressa, you are correct. It is the first step and it is sometimes the hardest. And it's what a lot of people just want to push away. I have worked with women that literally will not open up the bank app on their phone. They will go to their husband and they or their partner and they will say, do we have enough money to buy groceries? Because the thought of opening up the app on their phone and seeing their checking account balance gives them anxiety. Is financial anxiety. And that overcoming that step and just being willing to say like, hey, I'm going to put it all out there and own it is really hard for a lot of people. I know it was for me, but it was also freeing after I did it because it allowed me to no longer have these what ifs, right? What if this happens? What if that happens? Because when I didn't know my financial numbers, when I didn't know where I stood with my money, there were a lot of what ifs that could haunt me at night and keep it's me up more, at night. Isn't it more like it is? Night? Because yeah. Yeah, it is, it is because you don't even know. Whereas now, or once I knew my numbers, if those things came in my mind, I'd be like, well, no, like that's ridiculous. Like if, all four tires on the car goes out. Like we do have enough money. Instead of saying like, oh my gosh, if all four tires need to be replaced, do we even have enough? And so then all of these scenarios can come up. So I would say arguably, yes, it is sometimes the hardest step, but that feeling you get afterwards and the knowledge you have afterwards can lead to confidence. So by laying it out and figuring it, getting it all out in one place is a really good way to do that. And when it comes to debt, it can be sometimes hard to say like, oh, now I need, you're telling me I need to sit down and I need to go into all of my credit card accounts and all of my loans. And that act alone can be really overwhelming. And so here's a shortcut. I'm going to give your listeners a shortcut. Love shortcuts. Pull your credit reports all in one place. And all of your debt is in one place. So now you can look at everything in one place. You can see if there's anything you've missed, if there's a credit card that has been kind of just forgotten. I know we had that happen before to us. 
It's all in one place, your student loans, anything that's gone to collections. You can look at it at what in one location all at once. And now you're not having to log into 10 or 15 different places, clicking, you know, oh, I forgot my password, two-factor authentication, none of that mess. Pull your credit report. That's an easy way to just get the picture at once. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I think a lot of the women in our community have the, they have the need and the want to, for financial control for their personal household, but they also want it for their businesses and their properties. And sometimes the women that, uh, you know, we, we work with a lot of women scaling, growing, uh, expanding, buying that next property. And then you'll ask them, you know, what are your financial goals? Where are you at today? Um, they can't answer those questions, right? So more businesses, more properties are, is not going to solve the problem of really taking control of your finances, which is the problem, right? So what habits, right? Because it comes back to habits. It comes back to, like you said, consistent behavior. We know that, but we don't do it, right? Common senses and common practice. So what habits would you suggest women can can do on a daily, weekly, monthly, et cetera, quarterly basis so they can increase their sense of financial control, both personally and in their business? Yes. I love that example, Liz, because it's like thinking, I want to be financially free or financially whole, whatever you want to call it, right? So the buying more properties is is like the Band-Aid fixing the symptom. Whereas that's not always the case. Can buying more properties, can investing in real estate help you get there? Yes. But 
not if you're not taking full control over your own money. So some of the habits that I recommend is checking in with your money. And number one, setting goals. So I set goals for what do I wanna, when do I wanna retire? And I basically work backwards from there. My big goal, do you guys wanna hear my big goal? Like the one I'm like nervous I'm not gonna be able to reach. This is yeah. my like one I don't talk nobody's about often. Nobody's listening over. And nobody's, nobody's listening. listening. Over um, $55,000 loads per month. Nobody's listening. Okay, great. So my husband is a teacher and he can receive his full pension in 12 years. So in 12 years, I will be 48 years old. So I am, yes. Yeah, I'll be 48 years old in 12 years. My big goal is for essentially my business right now, what I do, because I'm more the breadwinner of the house, is to invest to where I can actually be completely work optional at the age of 48 when he is ready to retire. And so I can choose to work. I can choose to continue my business, work part-time, sell it, do whatever I want, travel. I don't, I don't care. I can do whatever I want. And that's my big goal. And that feels like a really big goal because a lot of it's on me, right? A lot of it's on me to max out my solo 401k, match from my business, invest, 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 because I feel like we started a little bit later than I would have hoped. And now what I have to do is if I only look at that goal, it's very easy for me to say like, <laughs> you're dreaming, Allison, right? Like that's not like, that's a great in theory, um, but that's just so much and that's a lot of work. And yeah, maybe you can do that now, but what if things change in five years with your financial situation? So instead of going down that lane, which I'll admit I do every now and then, I have instead really come up with a plan saying, okay, if I invest X amount of dollars, what do I need to have by the time that 12 years is up? What do I need to be able to pull from maybe a standard brokerage account or have other source of income to supplement his pension before we can maybe pull everything out at our retirement age whenever we're allowed to, like 59 and a half? So it's almost coming up with a solution and then saying, okay, what is my best case scenario? My best case scenario is that I will have this much money to pull when I'm 48 years old to supplement his pension. What do I need to do to work backwards to the best case scenario? And then I create a scenario like, okay, what if, what's my like good scenario? What's my, what's my better, like not the best case, but maybe just good. Okay. What do I need to do if I want to retire at 55 and be completely work optional at 55? So I've kind of given myself these, this range of, good, better, best, if you will, for how much I need to be investing every year as me as a business owner, me as like the breadwinner of the house. And then I'm able to say like, okay, this is just look at just this number, Allison. This is the number you need to meet. And then instead of thinking about that big number over the course of the next 12 years, I can look at just this one number and that's it. Because I will tell you, part of me also does the complete opposite where I want to invest more than the highest number I like can in a year. And my husband brings me back down to reality. And he says, that's your scarcity mindset happening. Just because you're able to do it this year doesn't mean like this isn't necessarily going away. In five years, because my fear is like, well, what if in five years something fails and my business fails? I don't have the ability. He's He very much says like, no. So I have the tendency to want to continue to hoard money and invest, invest, invest because of the fear that I'll lose it. I'll lose that access to money in the future. And he has to remind me, no, 
We don't need to do that. We need to have experiences with our children. We need to take vacations. The purpose of you making money isn't just to hoard it, hoard it, hoard it. We have to be able to find this balance. I want to emphasize something that, that you said that I think it's, it's, we hear a lot, but the opposite way, right? We hear a lot that real estate is the vehicle for financial freedom. And what you're saying is that not necessarily. And I agree with you in the sense that if, if any investor does not understand how to manage money, it's not a new property that is going to get you there. That property might not be performing. You might be proud to say that you have two digits properties, which happens with me. And I remember a long time ago, 2011, I was taking a course. And then people that were on that course for two years, they needed to stand up and, and everybody. I am so-and-so. I have been here for this amount of time and I have bought this amount of properties. And I was just kind of like starting out and I was like, I will not stand <laughs> up at all if I, in six months, if I don't have a property, mm-hmm. I will be very disappointed in myself. Because what I saw there was mm-hmm. people standing up and saying, my name is so-and-so. I have been here for two years learning a lot. And I mm-hmm. am getting ready to purchase my per- first property. And everybody was like, yay. I was like, why are you guys all clapping? What is happening here? <laughs> this person will not buy a freaking property because it's just something is happening in the, in the back end. And then there was another person that very courageous. He said, yeah, I bought 50 properties in two years. And then when it was time to break down the cash flow of those properties, the final recommendation for the mastermind that he had to sell about 45 of those. No, oh, geez. Because he was actually bleeding. He was not producing at all. Those were not areas where appreciation was going up, it was actually flat and many of them going down. So for those of you that are listening here that are investing in in, in real estate, right? L- listen up. It's not the amount of properties that you're going to be getting that is going to reach financial freedom. People can get financially free when they manage a few properties, depending on the size, where it is, how much you need. What is your lifestyle? Right? If you're like my sister, you need very little. Almost mm-hmm. nothing, <laughs> like, like close to nothing. She is the most minimalistic person I know. She probably has the same clothes that she wore eight years ago, like nothing. And her life is beautiful, but she, right? That's her lifestyle. Now, if you say that you like to go to Monaco during summertime, then we're talking a different number, right? But I, I, I love what you're saying, that it's not about acquiring more the relationship with money right that you were explaining with you and your husband and i think that it's when you have a partner it is your relationship his relationship or her relationship and then like our relationship with money and how does that affect i'm curious how often do you have those quote-unquote money meetings with with your husband we have a yearly meeting. So every year we sit down together and it's usually right before the new year. I, I trap him somewhere. I usually 
give him alcohol because he does not enjoy this meeting like I do. And that's fine, but he knows it's coming. Every year we have a meeting and we go over certain goals. And one of the things we do touch on are our financial goals, financial goals for our family, for our future, for our children, and and spending on what we want to spend money on, like vacations. Then every, usually every week or maybe every other week, we meet together at dinner. Usually our kids are present. And we will talk about a lot of things going on in our life, especially who's picking up kids when, what does our week look like? But we also talk about our spending. We talk about if we're on track or off track very quickly. Are we on track or off track with our spending and our goals for this budget? And if we're on track, we say, great. If we're off track, we're like, okay, well, what quick changes do we need to make? Or what do we need to be looking out for? And that is something, those little touch points every single week or every other week are really helpful because they all tie back to those goals that we talked about in the beginning of the year. So in terms of habits that Liz had asked about earlier, I would say break down that big goal into small manageable pieces. So looking ahead at that, like I said, I want to be able to be work optional in 12 years when my husband has a pension and he's able to fully retire, even though he says he doesn't want to retire, he wants to do something else. But I don't know, things could change. I break that down into my yearly goals. What do I need to invest yearly? Okay, now break it down into monthly And so being able to do that and break those things down makes it a lot less overwhelming. And checking in with it often helps me feel very quickly, am I on track or am I off track? Because when you don't check in often, you could be going off track for a long time and not realize it. Maybe not until you're at the point where you need to sell 45 of your 50 properties because you didn't check in with where you were. Whereas if you check in often, am I on track or off track, you can get back on track or diagnose any small issues before they turn into big issues. Love this. I'm, I'm thinking about so many different pieces of this puzzle. The question I just, just asked you was, what does that communication look like? And you didn't answer, well, when it comes up, we, we talk about it. Like you were very specific. You were very focused. You had a very, um, you went right there in terms of yearly and then you have like a weekly cadence. Um, I think communication and whether you have a partner or you don't have a partner, if you have an accountability partner or whomever is in your world, right? It's really important to share what, like with, with someone, your family, your, your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncle, if you don't have, you know, whatever your family looks like, but to share those shared share what's coming up and what's working, what's not, so you can redirect. I have a family member who, and, and this is, I, I, it's shocking, but I had a family member share that um, they don't really talk about money. They they just don't talk about it. One person handles the bills, one person handles the kids. You mean who just, doesn't ju- talk about it? What's that? The spouses the don't talk about it? The couple. So one person handles the bills and the other person has no idea what's happening? Correct. This is very common, Liz. Very common, which, oh, which is yes. shocking, right? So it gives me yep. a panic. Like, what happens if that person dies? Oh, you know what? Actually, I have a friend who said to me, Allison, and her husband's older and he's not in good health. She said, I know nothing. She said, I know nothing yeah. about anything. She said, when he dies, I'm going to need your help. And I was like, what if you figured it out before he does? Yeah. Like, because every, she knows no, no, no logins, nothing. Just complete. Yeah. I mean, just no, no knowledge whatsoever. It's, it's yeah. very common. It is very common. 
and it's shifting, right? We, we've shared this, but there's a, there's like literally, right? The women's financial revolution happening, right? There's this incredible increase from, you know, women controlling 10 trillion. They're going to be controlling 30 trillion in the next three to five years. So, so what, what's interesting though here that, it, that, that I had a thought and had a question and I got derailed here, but my, my bringing it back, it, it comes down to communication. And even before you're communicating with a spouse or a partner or a child, you need to have that check-in with yourself. So I'm curious in the habits and the journey you've had, what inner work have you done? What work have you done for yourself so that you can have those really honest comment conversations? Because you cannot have honest conversations with, with a child or a spouse or someone if you haven't had it with yourself, I don't think, on some level. So I'm curious, what inner work have you done to move the needle in your own yes. life? Now, I, I want to preface this by saying this inner work was done over years so this of is course. not like a it's not a boot camp, right? Here's here's exactly what you need to do. You have seven days and go. <laughs> um, for me, it was a lot of coming coming to terms with my history with money, what I believed to be true about money based off of my childhood and just moving into my really young adult life, and asking myself, what do I what do I even want? There are so many people that don't even know what they want because they've never sat down to ask themselves, like, what do I really want? Because the world's going to tell us. Everyone's going to have an opinion on what you should want. But coming back to what do I even want? What do I want my life to look like? How do I want to feel about money? What do I believe to be true about money? And do I really like that? Do I like that I believe that? So one of my inner things is I am still battling this very like scarcity mindset about money. And I don't want to believe that. I don't want to have that. So it is a process of when I have that thought, being able to say like, okay, why are you having this thought? And what can we think instead? It's a lot of journaling. It's a lot of talking to my therapist about my business. I have a lot of, I mean, you talk about just personal finances, but then as a business owner, there's a lot more of those money-related, finance-related inner things, inner, inner workings that I have to work on as a business owner because then I have the pressure of being the breadwinner of the house. I don't like all this pressure. But then what does that mean? Well, that means that having this pressure is teaching my sons. I'm raising two kids, two boys that are going to go into this world and say, a woman can own a business. A woman could be the breadwinner of the house and a woman can be successful CEO of a company. So when I have that fear of, oh my gosh, I have all this pressure on myself. I have to think like, yes, I do. But but look at what I'm also offering my family, not just in the terms of money, but in terms of what I'm teaching my children, my boys who I'm raising them to be. So it's a lot of like thinking and giving myself grace, allowing myself to say like, this is how I feel. Do I want to feel that way? Because I don't have to. The only person making me feel that way is me. How do I want to feel instead? And what truths or facts do I need to look to help me believe that? Yeah. So true, Allison. And I, I, it's something just to say, as we, as we, um, have you introduce, you know, share where, where the ladies can, uh, connect with you further is thoughts or thoughts are choices, right? There, there's a choice there. And so you keep reframing and saying, and it's a lot of the work that Andres and I w- will do with, with the women in our community is you don't have to think that thought right? If it's not serving you. So, and, and replacing it with something else. So love this, love what you're sharing. Allison, where can uh, the ladies listening learn and follow you along your journey? 
Of course. Well, if you're listening to this podcast, then you like podcasts. You're my people. You can go uh, check out the Inspire Budget podcast. You can also find me online at inspirebudget.com and I'm at Inspire Budget on social media. Awesome. All this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Allison, is what's the most transformational book you ever read? Ooh, most transformational. For my business, I would say Traction. I'm going through it right now. Traction by uh, Gina Wickman has been incredible in terms of just being a leader in my business and kind of just figuring it out as I go. I realize now for years I've made some, you know, I, I didn't have a great foundation. And so I'm happy to say that even seven years into owning a business, I can do something to like, there's room for growth and there's room for turning my business into something that um, I can be a great leader for my employees and also have balance for my family. Awesome. Second question. What's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? Budget. I love to budget. I mean, it's in, it's in my business name. I love to budget. I used to think that budgets were only meant for people who couldn't control their money or meant for people who struggle with money or didn't have enough money. And I used to think that my budget was a consequence. And I quickly realized that my budget actually gave me freedom to spend on what I want. And it allowed me to justify spending on what I want while reaching my money goals. So I love to budget. I do it for fun. <laughs> I do it for other people. It's one of my favorite things to do. Last question. Which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh my goodness. I, famous? Oh gosh. I mean, it's, I feel like famous I have to not. say- I know. I'm thinking, I was thinking, I immediately thought famous and then I'm just going to have to go with my mom. Um, my mom is very different from me. She is not an emotional person. And so whenever I get stuck in my head, when I get stuck in this negative loop of thoughts, I can go to her and she's very data-driven, very fact-driven and is also just very kind and understanding and empathetic. And so she's definitely the type of mom I want to be. And she has inspired me to um, know that we can change as people. Awesome. Love that. Allison, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing your wisdom with our community. We appreciate your time and, and great, great insight you shared. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao. 